0: Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: What happened yesterday with several stocks that lost a, a huge percentage uh, of its value because possibly a hedge fund was dumping its position in these stocks? Is there any lesson for people who own stocks, even if they don't short a stock, that the stock they own, they should know whether it's been
2: heavily shorted?
0: And provides unbiased answers.
2: Hedge funds, you know, have have lots of money, right? They have a billion dollars.
0: Invest talk, over thirty million downloads and counting.
2: I was just calling because I had a question. I'm a new
1: investor, and your podcast has helped me out a lot.
0: Your participation makes it unique. 99
3: Shark. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent Thinking, Shared Success. And now today's podcast.
2: Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is March 30th. We are rapidly coming to the end of the quarter and end of the quarter is always interesting because we start earning season. And I have noticed this most recent weeks that the normally Normally what happens is the experts out there, the pundits that, you know, review all the earnings estimates and decide what they think the earnings are going to be. I notice that they've been raising estimates all this quarter, even the last few weeks, when normally in the last few weeks, they lower the estimates so that it can make sure that most companies will beat the estimates and be good news. So I wonder, how, I wonder if that's going to change that dynamics. And I also wonder, does that mean that the earnings uh, estimates are already built into stock prices or the market? And if that's the case, what's the market going to do with the earnings season? Nothing if that's the case. Earnings is not going to drive stocks, even though they'd probably be pretty good in earnings. So the theory is, is that, you know, buy the rumor, sell the news, and the rumor is uh, that – the earnings are going to be good, and we've already bid up the price. News is, well, here's the good earnings, and they sell off. I don't know if that's true, but it's a different dynamic this quarter than normal quarters. Just pointing it out, okay? Just pointing that out. So you know, this is Invest Talk. We this is Tuesday, March 30th, and of course, our mission statement never changes: independent thinking and shared success. And that means I'm going to give you the. The most accurate information I can possibly give you, realizing that I'm using experts' opinions and many times experts are wrong. So we gotta throw in there some common sense and what we're looking at. So I try to do that too, though I know Justin does the same thing. We do it all without trying to be biased one way or another. You know, I'm not trying to sell you anything about these stocks. I'm not trying to tell you, oh, this is just a great stock because I want you to buy it. No, I don't. You know, I want to tell you, I want to, I want to share with you what I think is true. I could be wrong, but, you know, I've done this for many, many, and many, 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 many years. We'll do that, okay? But it is a call on show. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time. The number is 888-99-CHART, and I really would appreciate it if you'd, Give me a call and ask your questions, and let's get right to it. Jason in, Gu- in Guantanamo? Guatemala. Jason in Guatemala. How you doing, Jason? Hey, Steve. Good afternoon. Doing just fine. Thank you. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it.
3: Absolutely. So my question is, in regards to owning 5% of one security in a portfolio, does that yes. 5% refer to your entire investment portfolio or just the investment account?
2: Uh, No, if you have like three, depends on how you want to figure out. But normally I would say if you have three accounts and you have a million dollars, it's 5% of a million dollars. And just realize that those three accounts are treated as one when it comes to the overall investments. Now, some people will treat those three accounts as individual accounts and say, okay, this is my income account, this is my high-risk account, and this is my stable in my stable account that I'm very conservative with, you know. So it depends on how you want to set up your accounts in your head, you know. Actually, physically do it the way you want to do it. But if you, so if you have three hundred thousand, what in one account, it's five percent of that three hundred thousand. Yeah, that's a maximum, by the way. I'd usually buy. We usually buy three. Okay, three. Appreciate the call, Jason. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I know you uh, need and want strategies to help deal with market volatility, and we certainly have had that. Uh, it's, it's very volatile times we're living in and have for some time, but you know, just the way it is. So I want to, you, you can ask any type of financial questions you want. The number is 888-99Chart. And today's trivia question concerns in, about transportation expense, the cost of gasoline over time. You know what it is today, but what has it been over time? So we'll talk about that. That's going to be the trivia, and I'll, and here in America, by the way, not someplace else. Okay, um, how did the market do today? Well, it was down. The Dow was down 104, the Nasdaq down only 14, which was surprising, and the SP down 13. So the overall market was weak, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't like a terrible day. We haven't had one of those. We had a couple of three days ago, it was Friday, we had a very good day. So that's what the market did today. It's not going to do much, in my opinion, uh, until we started getting into the earnings season. Then it, we don't know. It may not do anything there then either. There's a new spending package. You know, these huge spending packages coming out of Washington are getting, getting a little ridiculous. There's a new mo- trillion dollar or more, I don't know how much, spending package on infrastructure and by all means we need infrastructure spending but we haven't do you realize we haven't spent the first package pushed through by trump we haven't spent all that money yet They haven't the second one that money is going to take 10 years to spend that money it's stretched out into different things it's not covid relief like people think some of it was and now this new one is infrastructure, which we probably would have needed back when Trump was in there. We probably need the infrastructure spending back then. That would have been a smart thing to do. But, you know, so I don't know. We'll see what it comes out when it comes out. Third spending package and how much debt we're putting on. That's just, it's, it's pretty, pretty lot. It's way more than most people can count. I'm telling you that. Anyways, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And we're now at the end of the first quarter of this new year. That will be tomorrow, by the way. 2021 is moving right along. Your, your goal, financial freedom, will require information and effective strategies. And I'm hoping that that's why you're listening to this show and that's why you'll give us a call. Your participation is needed. You'll so give us a call. 888-99-CHART. Have you
0: heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com.
2: Eighty-eight, ninety-nine chart Let's talk to Gene in North Carolina. Gene.
1: Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I Ooh. had a question about what happened yesterday with several stocks that lost a, a huge percentage um, of its value uh, because possibly a hedge fund was dumping its position in these stocks. And specifically, why, if that happened, why, uh, how did that involve some of the major banks in Europe? Were they... Were they? Was the hedge fund a client okay. for the banks, and the banks now were on the hook for a huge loss? And also, the um, last question is, What is there any lesson for people who own stocks, even if they don't short a stock, that the stock they own, they should know whether it's been heavily shorted?
2: Yeah, you really should know if your your stock has been heavily shorted. And that's really, if you buy it long, that's the good news, because they have to buy it to get out of the short. Try to remember, I'm we'll, to talk about hedge funds in a minute hedge funds you know have have lots of money right they have a billion dollars but hedge funds don't if they have investors or give them a billion dollars they don't what the first thing they do is they take that billion dollars and go borrow as much money they can against that billion dollars right and then they go out and buy options and different kinds of exotic instruments to even give them more leverage Okay, leverage meaning more borrowing power, more buying power or whatever they're doing. They're shorting or going long or whatever they're doing. And what happens is if they're wrong and it starts to tip over, like GameStop, right? Remember GameStop? Uh, if it starts to tip over, it, it's like a cascade. All of a sudden, their portfolio value loses all the money very quickly And it gets into the borrowed money, and the banks who lent them money, and institutions that lent them money, all of a sudden, they're losing money. They're trying to make them get out of their positions to get back their money, and it's like a cascading event collapse. And that's what happens. These things are pretty darn exotic. So no one really knows now. We don't really know exactly how they lost these billions of dollars. What did they actually do? I mean, really do. Not what we think they did, but what did they do? And So it really, you as an individual investor can't do anything about it. Can't be, can't, can't, uh, really can't be anything, can't prevent it. If it affects your stocks, it affects your stocks. That's why I tell you, and Justin and I tell you, just by good, solid companies, they will recover if they get caught in something stupid like this. Um, So... I'm not sure exactly what they did, but I know that's what hedge funds always do. Why do they do that? Because if they make money and they borrowed all this money and they're making money on all that borrowed money, they get 20% of profits. They get a fee for management and then 20% of profits. So their entire incentive is to make money and take huge risks to do it. And quite often they do make money and they make tons of monies for their clients and for themselves. With everyone so hedge funds blow up pretty frequently they blow up pretty frequently good question though thanks Gene I appreciate that okay my focus point today concerns a story that Intel will spend 20 billion dollars to build two new manufacturing plants chip make chip plants what's going on in the microchip sector that's my uh, That's going to be my focus point. We'll talk about that. You know, America is, you know, Intel is a very large, right? Very large chip maker. So why would they build two new factories? And what's interesting is they don't even need that many chips. They don't. Why are they doing that? Let's grab another voice bank question.
1: Hi. um, I was
3: wondering about TXMD. I currently own it. I'm wondering if I should buy more. They're a cheaper stock, and I was going to take a long position on it. I'm wondering what you think about that. This is Zach from Oakland, California, by the way. Love the show. Keep it up. Bye.
2: Okay, this is a medical ethical drug industry stock, Therapeutics MD, Inc., develops brand branded prescription, generic prescription and other uh, over-the-counter products for women. That's interesting just for women. okay uh, They don't make money, never made money they've lost money every year since 2014. So my question to you is why would you want to buy a company that doesn't make money? right? Why would anybody want to buy a company that does not make money? I would not. They, the stock price is $1.34. It's a $500 million company, so it's a very small company. Sales are growing nicely. Grew 42% this most recent quarter, but that's only $22 million. So don't think – you know, they've been growing sales for two years, but they can't seem to turn it over into a profit. They have negative cash flow, $0.59 cents a share. And mutual funds are sellers. It's been slowly selling this. Management owns fourteen percent, which is a positive thing. But I don't know. I wouldn't. I would not touch this stock. It's not strong enough. They don't make money. What's the catalyst for someone who wants? Why would you buy it? What's going to drive it up? That's really what you want to know, and not just some good story. You know, there's all kinds of story stocks. Don't buy story stocks. Buy facts. What's its earnings? What's its sales? What's its profit margins? Well, it doesn't have earnings, and so there's no profit margins. Why would I want it? Okay? On the next talk, this story. As Treasury yields hit new highs, why does the tech-heavy Nasdaq move lower? That's tomorrow, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART.
1: Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask you opinion on
3: an ETF called XLI. And the question is, during the market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? And I've got
1: a question about
3: warrant shares. I think
2: that's the right term. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price.
3: What's your question? Now is a good time to call InvestTalk, 888 99 chart.
0: Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and InvestTalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour.
2: 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, newsletter. You know, every Friday I put out the newsletter. On the next Invest Talk story, we'll talk about that. Uh, uh, newsletter comes out Friday, premium newsletter. Every Friday, I always put in a couple of stock ideas. I talk about the market that week. And there's like four sections. I think it might be something you might be interested in. Um, uh, on the next Invest Talk, we're going to talk about treasure yields, as I mentioned. Uh, I think that's going to be. Uh, I, have you noticed how they've been changing? How the yield curve has steepened? And what does that mean? The focal point today concerns this story. Intel will spend $20 billion to build two new manufacturing plants. Now, they're going to do that in the U.S., which is nice. I mean, I like that a lot. Um, but what what is what is that all about? Why are they doing it? Well... They, you know it's they have to do it they one thing about Intel they always build more factories because new chips new designs always changing right so they've got to stay on the cutting edge and uh, you know it's normal I don't think you should be surprised by that uh, what I'm what surprises me is that they're going to sell Intel's going to sell the excess chip capacity to its competitors so they can sell them to End users, which are the same customers that Intel has. What's with that? And do you realize this is common? And that the whole chip industry, you know, the various chip companies do this willingly and happily? Isn't There's no, and I don't get that. These are competitors. But it's true. So what does that, does that mean that there, are the you know what comes to my mind, collusion. Are you colluding? You're not competing if you're buying chips from each other to sell to your customers with somebody else's chip. I don't get. I don't get it. There's something odd about that. So uh, that's why I wanted to talk about it, just because of of it so being so unusual. So that's all I really want to say. Let's talk to Craig in Palo Alto. How you doing, Craig? Doing well, thanks.
3: I have a question about Bluebird Bio. I was fortunate enough to do well with Kite and Juno, and Bluebird seems similar but is not performing well. Wanted to know your opinion.
2: Okay, let's take a look at Blue. B-L-U-E is the symbol, isn't it? I'm pretty sure that's it. Come on, give me some room here. Okay, B-L-U-E. Okay, uh, develops therapeutics to treat severe genetic and... To orphan diseases using gene therapy, I mean, you like the concept, right? Always do that. But they lose money. They constantly lose money, and they lose a lot of money. They're going to lose $11.45 a share this year. Next year, they're going to lose $9.65 a share. And the company is selling for 20, their stock is selling for $28.62. So it's a story stock. They have a good story, right? Very good story. They just can't make money. Uh, they they have sales, but sales are extremely erratic. The most recent quarter, sales grew 7%. The quarter before that, sales grew 116%. And the quarter before that, 1,000%. But sales, most recent quarter, is only $10 million. $10 million for a company worth $1.9 billion? That's nothing. So the reason why it's not going up, because there's really no reason for it to go up, because they don't have any future earnings that we can see. The cash flow is negative $9.02. So that's why I, I I would dump it and move on. This is just not the... You want to buy companies that make money. That's my first rule. Greg, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. everybody. Let's take another question real quick.
1: Hi, Steven and Justin.
3: This is Sunny. I'm a long-time listener, and I had a question related to... GameStop, GME. Personally, I think this stock is way overvalued. I just wanted to know what your take is on it and what price would you think is fair for this stock. Thank you so much. Love what you're
2: doing. Oh, I've talking about this today. I think it's worth maybe around eight, ten dollars. Selling for 194. Uh, operates 5,500 GameStop. E B games, Micro Romania and Think Geek stores worldwide. And there's what I don't like about it. stores for selling games. What? Why do we need stores to sell games? We don't. Sales have been going down consistently for two years. They haven't made money. Then they, they they didn't make money two thousand twenty one. They're not gonna make money this year, and they're not gonna make money next year, two thousand twenty uh, they're not going to make money this year, next year, or the year after. They're going to go out of business. They should go out of business. Now, I know that they can. their stock price is so high, maybe they can issue more shares, take that money, buy some other successful company. But GameStop, as its model right now, is not worth anything, in my opinion. I'd stay away from it. Okay? Now, when putting together a household or business operations budget, it is important to know how much money you'll need for gasoline expenses. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Most everyone knows that they pay a, for a gallon of gas you know what it's going to cost. But looking back in time, what was the cost of gasoline at the start of the decade? What about when you were born? How much was it cost? Yeah, I'm talking about after adjusting for inflation. So after the break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open. You can call me right now, 888-99-CHART.
4: Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at hackerone.com. That's H A C K E R O N E.com. HackerOne.com.
5: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
0: For investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations! you found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line, 888
2: 99 Chart. Eight 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 ninety nine charge. So I had a trivia question, and it was all about gasoline prices. How much was gasoline prices over the decades? How much adjusted for inflation did gasoline cost? Okay, so you know what it cost to buy a car. Okay, but and then gasoline is just part of it. Of course, we're now moving toward electric. Well, it's a whole different dynamics. But that's going to be years and years and years and years, and years away. Nineteen forty. Actual price per gallon was 18 cents, but if you adjust that for inflation, for inflation today's dollars is three dollars and 33 cents. 1950 is 27 cents a gallon, but 290 adjusted for inflation. 1960, 31 cents, two dollars and 71 cents adjusted. 1970, 36 cents, two dollars and 40 cents adjusted. 1980, $1.19 per gallon. That's what it cost. But you adjust that for inflation. It's $3.74. Remember, that was an inflation decade, if you remember right. Lots of inflation in that, 1980s. Uh, price per gallon, 1990, was $1.19, uh, but inflation, $2.28. Price per gallon in 2000, $1.51. And $2.27, adjusted for inflation. And to bring you up to date, 2010, $2.79 was the average price. Inflation adjusted $3.32. 2020, 2018, and adjusted $2.18. Today, March 30th, 2021, the US at the pump was priced at an average $2.86. That is less expensive than 1980 and about the same cost per gallon as 1950. Seventy years ago, pretty interesting, huh? Gasoline is cheap, very cheap. So let's keep the pace going. Here's another voice bank question from our listener line in Las Vegas.
1: Hey, Stephen Justin, Gene from Las Vegas calling again. Uh, I've got a question on ticker PPBA
3: for Plutia Resources, formerly Midas Gold. I got a small position in this about five dollars and fifty cents and I'm calling on March 12th and it's had a pretty good run today it's up to
1: like seven dollars and 25 cents but since it was put on to the NASDAQ it seems like it's hard to find information as far as financial debt assets so on and so forth I'm just curious if you guys see anything in your database that might help me out with this company Appreciate you guys, everything you do, and I'll listen for the answer on the
2: podcast. Thanks again. We have very little information on it because it's so new, okay? Uh, engaged in exploration, site restoration, and redevelopment of gold, anime silver deposits. Uh, so it's a $293 million stock, very small. Uh, they, they're they going to lose 60 cents in this year per share. Now, in 2017, 18, and 19, they actually made money. But since they changed their structure, you know, I don't know. We can't really rely on that anymore. And there, you know, it's something that you you just you're just taking a wild guess at. It's a it's too risky. I wouldn't bother even looking at it. You know, you know, the, the there's these very risky stocks that don't make money. I'm not sure why everybody's so interested in them. Why aren't you interested in these companies that make money? That's where you're going to make a good, solid investment and eventually make money for yourself. These companies could double, triple, quadruple, or go out of business, and the odds are more that they'll go out of business than they'll double, triple, or quadruple. So why would you take that risk with your hard-earned money? Why don't you go to Vegas instead? Put it on the, you know, on the roulette wheel or something. Put it all in black. I mean, that's about the same thing you're doing with these very high-risk companies. Okay, let's go to Oregon for a call that came in earlier. Hi, this is Jennifer from Oregon.
1: I love the way other listeners often answer my questions. But I'm trying to choose between PKX, Pasco Steel, or AMRK, Amark Precious Metals. Any advice? Thanks.
2: Okay, well, they're two very different companies. Uh, uh, Amar Precious Metals, full-service Precious Metals trading company, offering gold, silver, platinum. So it's a trading company for storage and delivery. So versus a steel company out of – they, aren't they PKX? Isn't that out of North, South Korea? POSCO, a South Korean maker of steel. So you really have to ask yourself, why – you know, you're saying one or the other, but they're totally different sectors, totally different kinds of companies. So I'm not sure which one fits in your portfolio better. Now, POSCO, PKX, steelmaker in South Korea, is very large, $24 billion. Okay, $24 billion. They're going to make $7.70 next year. They're going to make $7.37 a share this year, and it's a $71 stock. So it's 10 PE. Okay, uh, they don't pay a dividend, but that's fairly cheap. And if you look at Amark, AMRK, okay, that's a 345 million dollar stock. Light years difference just in size of company. A tiny, tiny company like this is much more risky. Okay, now they're going to allegedly make seven dollars and forty cents this year, and then four dollars and nine cents next year. So, and it's a $35 stock. So, those numbers tell you that it's a pretty reasonably priced company. But it's really, really tiny, so it's a very high risk. And so, and again, it's two very different kinds of company. One, a steel company, never has a high PE, doesn't have very much growth. It has more, it's more of a blue chip steady company. This one is much, much riskier, much riskier. So it depends what you want in your portfolio. Okay, let's make it three in a row. The next InvestDoc question came from New Hampshire.
1: Hi, Justin and Steve. This is Bob from uh, New Hampshire. I was just calling because I had a question. I'm a new investor, and your podcast has helped me out a lot. With $10,000 in my portfolio, I was wondering would I be best to invest in a ETF like VOO, uh, that tracks the S P 500, or is it right to expect as a new investor I could pick a few stocks and do outperform uh, that E T F? Uh, thanks for all you guys do, uh, and I look forward to the response.
2: Yeah, you'd be a light years ahead buying V O O, the E T F for the Vanguard E T F for the S P 500, uh, because first of all, you know it's hard to get diversified with that low amount of money, I, and I, you know, I'm not. Say anything negative about how much money you have, it's a great start. But it makes much more sense to be in a a diversified index like the S&P 500. And most money managers can't beat, cannot beat the performance of the S&P 500. So if you just did the S&P 500 for the rest of your life, that would be a proper investment. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. So you got to be, yeah, I, I that's why I would start. And then, then start learning. Then you can start picking individual stocks down the road. Okay? Appreciate the call. Good question. Okay, uh, 2021 is well, pretty well underway. I mean, we're coming up the end of the quarter. So let me take just a quick minute, if I can, talk about what we offer clients. First, we are based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County, Southern California, before, between... San Diego and Los Angeles, and thanks to technology, we can review portfolios of almost anywhere. You know, t- technology is wonderful in many senses. Sometimes it drives me nuts, but you know, as far as gathering information, seeing new clients, you know, talking to people, it's 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 the technology is great, and you can talk in person. I mean, you has know, got Skype. You know, got all types of types of ways to do it. And KPP is, you know, we are pretty. We're we're one of the few companies that practice what we call parallel investing, meaning we buy the same stocks, same price, same percentage as our clients as we do for ourselves. My portfolios and all and every one of my what five programs are the exact same as my clients. So we put our money where our mouth is. If you want us to take a look at your portfolio, we'd be happy to do it for free. No, no, no obligations even. We do it over the phone, Skype, Jive, whatever way you want to do it. You can call our office at KPb Financial or send us an email, send us a, you know it's easy. It's really easy. Again, remember, no obligation of any kind. So after speaking about speaking for about 10 minutes or so, we'll begin to see how you'll begin to see how Justin and I, you know, make the difference in our business. You'll see it. We we don't we don't push. We never do. We don't sell things. Not salesmen. I don't want to be a salesman. So if we can help you, we want to help you. Okay. okay, so let's go. Why don't we move on? I'd love taking as many questions as we can. 888-99-CHART is our number. 888-992-4278.
0: And uh, there is good news for loyal Talk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. So in the bonus program, call questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Beasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and InvestTalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour.
3: Hey, Steve and Justin, Chuck and Clayton. Thanks for the podcast. Don't miss a day of it. Hey, I'm looking at a stock, WMB, William Mary Boy, Williams Company Incorporated. They're a gas company. I like them because they've got some... uh, some investments in the natural gas area as well as the oil area. Looking at them, it looks like they're at their high for 52 weeks, but uh, room to grow for what they were before the covid downturn. It's going to make it looks like to me about uh, oh, I don't know a buck 16 this year, a buck 20 next year. Nothing huge. I like it for the dividend. Want to put it long term into a dividend account and haven't touched it yet, just looking at it, wondering what you think a good entry point is and do you like the company? Thanks for any answer you give me, and I look forward to hearing on our podcast. Thank you. Bye.
2: I do like the company, uh, Williams and Co- Williams Companies, out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, engaged in gathering, processing, storage, fractionalization, and transportation of natural gas in the United States. Okay, I like it. It's going to make money. It's always made money. It's going to make a dollar seventeen this year, a dollar twenty-two next year. It's a twenty-three dollar stock, so it's in the you know twenty PE ratio range. Okay. Um, that might be a little high. It pays a 6.9% dividend. Uh, return equity is 11%, a little bit low, lower than I like. Cash flow is very strong. Uh, maybe a little bit more debt than I want. Sales have been falling, but I think that's going to turn around quickly with the recovery of the economy. So I kind of like this play, and I do think that this is probably a – A good entry. Anything, uh, I would really love to pick it up around 2250, but it's 2368 is, to me, probably close enough. Okay, so I think this is a buy area right right where it is now. Thanks for the question. Appreciate it. You've got questions, and Vestalk has answers. Let's pivot now to Hawaii for a call that came in earlier.
4: Hi, Justin or Steve. This is Leo calling from Maui, Hawaii. Thank you for all the knowledge you share on the podcast. I listen every day. I'm calling about Voyager Therapeutics, ticker symbol VYDR. I wanted to get your thoughts
1: on the fundamentals and technical analysis of the stock. I'm looking for a long-term hold, and um, I also see that they had a class auction lawsuit
4: recently, so I'm wondering if that is something to be concerned about. Thanks, and I'll listen for your response
1: on the podcast.
2: Just I'll answer that last about class action lawsuits. They're pretty common these days. Attorneys figure out how to make money. It's really what they do to make money. You know, they really don't care about the company or about you as an investor. They care about how much money they can make. And that's what these class action lawsuits do. They're pretty common. Um, I don't think you should worry about them necessarily, but you just can't dismiss them. you got to kind of know what they're about and what kind of damage it might do to the company. And, make sure they have insurance to cover some of it or all of it, that kind of thing. Voyager Therapeutics develops gene therapies to treat patients suffering from service disease, uh, severe diseases of the central nervous system. Uh, they, they made $0.98 cents a share in 2020, but all the years before that, and even this year and next year, they're going to lose money. It's a $4.80 stock. I don't like buying companies that lose money. It's been going down strongly for some time. There's absolutely no reason to buy this company. None. So don't buy it. Stay away from it. Don't care about the class action lawsuits. The company itself is not making money. I mean, once you make once you start when you're a little company, therapeutic company or whatever, and you start making money, you should be consistently growing that money. So they made money one year, 2020. And then now after years they're not making losing money every year. Now they can't make money the following year or the year after. I don't I don't want to be bothered with it. I, I, I'm, who's interested in that? I'm not. Okay. Justin and I will take a few days off next week by everybody, but we will have the new best of programs ready to go. So be ready for that. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here, not always to help you achieve financial freedom. So, please give us a call. We'll continue this work right after this break. Get your questions in now. 888 99 Chart.
3: Now is a good time to call Invest Talk.
1: I had a question about the stock LRLC.
3: What's your question? 888 99 Chart. This is Invest
0: Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and
1: Justin. I am calling with a question on Lumen Technologies. The symbol is L-U-M-N. I was looking to see what would be a good entry point for the stock, what the long-term outlook is for the company. I'll be listening to your answer on the podcast. Thanks.
2: Okay, Lumen Technologies, headquarters out of Monroe, Louisiana, provides local exchange, long-distance network access, broadband services to rural communities in 37 states. They make money. They've always made money. Uh, They're going to make $1.57 this year, 2021, after making $1.67 last year. But next year, they're going to go down $1.37. I'd like to know why. Stock is $13 a share, so it's like a 10 P.E., which is kind of on the low end. Uh, return equity is pretty good at 15%. The really reason you buy this is for the dividend, 7.6% yield. Can they afford that? Yes, they can. So that's really not an issue. The cash flow is huge at $5.94. Remember, they only make a dollar 37 next year, but their cash flow is almost six dollars a share. That's huge. Now, a little bit of negative is sales have been shrinking in the single digits for some time, So, but it looks like it's bottomed out to me, the stock itself. So um, it bottomed out by like back in, uh, let's see, when was that? Oh, March through September, December last year. It was just putting in a base, and that base was, oh, let's see, let me, what number was it? probably around, you know, $9 a share. And today's at 13 so popped up from that base. That's a decent pick. I don't have a problem with it. Let's squeeze in one more color question. This came in earlier from Los Angeles on our Anytime Listener Line number, 888-99-CHART.
3: Hi, guys. This is
0: Eric calling from Los Angeles. My question is about Shell Midstream
3: Partners LP, ticker symbol SHLX. I'm looking at it to possibly use as a buy in a Roth IRA. I have like a few thousand dollars, and I noticed that the dividend is over $13. It doesn't really move much as for stock price, and it's just sort of hovering in the teens. But I was looking at that dividend and wondering if that's something to at least maybe buy into and hold for a year or two. I was wondering what you guys thought. Thanks so much.
2: Okay, this is a Shell Midstream Partners, uh, engaged in crude oil transportation, storage in Texas, Louisiana, Gulf Coast, and offshore Louisiana. It's a five billion dollar company, so it's a mid cap size. Uh, they've made money; and have been for years. Going to make a dollar fifty nine next year. Thirteen dollars stock price, uh, and the dividend is fourteen percent. Can it afford that much money? Well, that'll take most of its earnings, but they can afford it. They can do it. It's just going to take a lot of their earnings. If prices go up, which they have recently, probably the stock price will go up too. So and right now it's at resistance around $13, $14 a share. Uh, So it needs to break through that. The next resistance after that would be about $20 a share. So not a bad purchase. I, I like the area. I like the dividend a lot. I don't know if they can afford to pay it for how long, but we'll see. Uh, that's yeah, They have the money, and that's really the only really reason you're buying it, because there's hardly any growth, or there is no growth. Okay, can we, can we squeeze one more in? Oh, I, I don't think. I guess we can't squeeze in another one. Just remember, our InvestTalk Newsletter comes out every Friday. The premium... KPP Premium Newsletter comes out every Friday, so it's something you might be very interested in. Gives you a couple of stock ideas that you can track if you like. I know some people do that, track all the stock ideas, and I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. Okay, uh, I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investopedia program. Dustin Klein, and I thank you for listening, and encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us and I will be back tomorrow, by the way, just so you know. We post this program on our podcast shortly after the end of the show. We're live every day, 4 to 5 Pacific time. So get your free downloads, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, InvestTalk.com. We appreciate that. Okay? Independent thinking, share success, everybody. This is Talk. Good night.
3: Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.